Good morning, officers. I know you can't comment fully, but if you think John Bradshaw Layfield is a complete and utter jackass, can you please say something like no comment? No comment. No comment. Thank you, officers. Have a great day. This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. Once again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're too kind. And Happy New Year to you and yours. That's right. It's a new year, and it's a new season. Season four. Right. Four seasons of this stuff. Episode one, season four of the Rugby Odds, TRO as it's known in the prisons and penitentiaries and detention halls across the planet. But if you look in the sponsor opportunity green room, once again, joining me is WWE Hall of Famer John Bradshaw Layfield, turned rugby advocate, turned puppy uh, connoisseur, and his sidekick, King Gift A. Bailu, the inventor of words. They're prepping as they usually do very di diligently for this new season. And if you look at the Your Company name here, Slate, you can see that we have an exciting show ahead, including George Hook joining us from London, despite the fact that he's under the weather with the flu. So we got a lot to get to. Let's not waste any more time. Let's bring in the guys. Gentlemen, Happy New Year. Happy yeah, you don't have to reciprocate. That's fine. That's just to the great. champ and I. Uh, hey, happy new year to King Gifty Bailu. You know, oh hell, King A. Bailu. Let's go, oh, champ. King A. Bailu. <laughs> we hadn't seen you in a couple weeks because you had to take some time off to meditate or whatever you snowflakes do. I have no idea what you snowflakes do. Oh, I gotta work too much. I want to work over the holidays and give people happy joy while they can watch something, one of their favorite shows over the holidays. So I'm just gonna take off. We'll start back up in January when everybody gets busy, don't have time to watch. It's a couple of things here, John. First of all, we can't work 52 weeks out of the year. Why can't we? Because we are contractually uh, bound to work. We're not contractually nothing. Six. You're a snowflake. And you're like, oh, I gotta have my work-life balance. That's not that's not at all true. And that's also snow, that's right. It's snowflakeish. Also you're like a bunch of these rugby players over in Europe taking the Christmas holidays off. Oh, scenario, you're a Europhobe. Look, let me explain to you about how important the Christmas holidays is. I happen to be in the entertainment business for quite a long time. Yeah, oh, with WWE. Always, Christmas was always, yeah, they only have a billion followers on social media. Okay. So yeah, it's a small little company. <laughs> oh, like social media is a big thing. No, it's not. It's something. Don't worry, but stay on your MySpace. <laughs> Christmas Day was always the biggest show of the year. Families would get together and they would bring their generational family units together to come watch the show. We always put on our best show because we knew it was going to be a packed house. These houses were packed over the weekend. Families plan this for months. They get together. They want to go to their rugby game. They want to go to a football game. They want to go to a wrestling show. They want to go to a concert. They want to do something over to make a memory over the holidays. But when you go there and your main players are not playing, that is a massive disservice to your fans, a huge disservice to your fans because you're robbing them of the memory of what they can watch. They want to go see stars, you know, and for the most part, the URC did a really good job of having these derbies that were very interesting, very entertaining, hard fought games. Premiership who does a pretty good job all year around are the ones that, that dropped the ball. 
they're visiting teams, not the home teams. But when, when you're sitting there and you're having mighty Saracens come in, you want to see Owen Farrell. You want to see Marwatoji. Those are generational talents. And to rob a family of that memory that they can, grandfather can tell his kid, hey, I remember when I came here 30 years ago, 40 years ago, this was the great player then. That kid's going to tell his kid about seeing Marwa Toju and Owen Farrell. And they're taking off because of management, saying it's it's player management welfare. Do it a different day. Do not do it over Christmas because that is robbing these people. And you say, well, it's the Christmas holidays. Sorry, you're a pro athlete. With that comes certain responsibilities. And I'm not saying the players took themselves out. I think the management took these guys out. You, you had uh, Finn Russell not playing. He's a generational talent. Yeah, Families come to see this guy. I understand it's the visiting team. They want to see these stars. They want to see LeBron James. They want to see Michael Jordan. They want to see Tom Brady. They want to see generational stars, and you're robbing them as this. Do it in January. Do it in February. Do not do it over the Christmas holidays like we did on this show because you're a snowflake, Matt. <laughs> when there's poop being shown, uh, for the most part, across the top 14 and the premiership. What? You had all these derbies that were going on in the URC. The URC did a great job. I didn't the say to the URC. I didn't say the, the URC. I stopped short of saying the URC. I didn't you say the, the URC. Sharks versus the Stormers down in South Africa. The place was packed, and it was that game was blood and guts. I didn't say the derbies the URC. Hey, Cardiff. He's muted. First time <laughs> of 2024 that he's muted. I did not say the URC. I was about to say, with the exception of the URC, and you just went off on me. So I'm going to bring you back in. We're going to continue the show. we got George Hook waiting in the wings, who will ask that question about what, you know, who to watch when you, when, what players are available. So you're back in, John. That was the first Tarnip time. Tarnip and Ospreys. What a game. <laughs> it was pouring down rain. Those guys are covered in mud. I mean, that was what rugby's all about. That was awesome. The games in Ireland this this past week in the URC, those were awesome games. It was terrible conditions. I can't believe those fans sat there. Well, Gal Galway was just ridiculous. And, and the, the wind is blowing sideways. Rain is coming down everywhere. These guys are just out there playing blood and guts, these rivalries. That was some fun rugby to watch. And lives were saved by the synthetic turf because otherwise there would have been massive lakes on those fields. And when you go down in a ruck, your face is just in the water. Hey, so and by the way, we always grab, people love grab about referees, and I do too, but Chris Busby, the referee in the URC, that guy is a stud. I mean, yeah. there, there's some great referees out there. Frank if Murphy. Watch, oh, there, there's some terrific referees out there in the, in the whole world. I mean, the Premiership has some too, you know, I mean, but there's some great referees out there that do a great job of keeping the game on track. Interesting that you bring that up, a little foreshadowing. We'll be bringing up an Irish referee later with George Hook, but couple of things that I want to just point out. John, we may have been off from the show for two weeks, but you certainly weren't off. You were in fuego making picks in these different matches. Yours truly, not so much. Champ knows I was how to be a champ. Four. That's why. The champ knows but, how to be a champ. <laughs> but, John, with all the things that we have to face that make this these picking these games difficult, we have uh, players not available at the last second because of a nick in the warm-up, a mysterious virus going through Springboks, Ironically, players being rested uh, as per the union or players being rested uh, just because the team is prioritizing a different competition. With the weather and everything else, how do you pick 
or how did you pick those winners? Uh, rosters were the main thing. When I saw Finn Russell wasn't playing for Bath, and when I saw that uh, you didn't have the big three playing for uh, Saracens, I, I bet on Newcastle to cover 27 and a half points. I just, you know, the Saracens put out their B team, and uh, they didn't need it to win. Uh, and, and Bath, I mean, they put out a second team. Uh, now, the wind in Munster, I mean, when Munster lost the wind in the second in, half. In Connacht. In, I'm sorry, in Connick, that's when the game changed was because they had that huge win behind right. them, and uh, that changed everything. But also, we, rain doesn't matter as much as wind. Wind is what it affects games so much more than rain. People get used to to rain. You know, you drop some balls, but for the most part, it doesn't change the game that much. Wind changes the game significantly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because all those European players, that from, well, the, the players from Great Britain and Ireland are certainly used to the rain. That they, they've grown up in it. They've grown up playing in it. But watching Steve Kitsoff of uh, the Springboks play prop for Ulster, it looked like at times he was drowning, but he still had a great match. But the way the wind, the way the wind was such a factor, it would be like any kick you put up in the air could roll the all the way downfield and out. The announcer had a great note about that. You know, you kick to the sidelines. You never kick straight down the field in the wind. You know, because balls were rolling through the the in the try zone. And so you, you kick to the sidelines, which was a, a great uh, pickup by the announcer. And sure enough, Munster and Connick changed right after that because their coaches saw the same thing. And then you saw Leinster with an opportunity, get a penalty down by a point versus Ulster. It was a last play of the game. All he had to do was kick it to touch and Leinster would have a line out in Ulster territory. And the ball doesn't find touch. It's the wind keeps it in. The guy catches it and throws it out. Ulster is a different team with Steve Kitchoff. Uh, you know, they got him there in the first few games that he played. I bet on him, and it was a mistake that they didn't play well. But once he got integrated in the system, they're a different team now. I mean, they're a really good team uh, before, but with him, they were a solid side. Yeah, no, they're good. The great All the Irish province teams Ulster. are good. You know, that's the thing. They're beating up each other, and they're getting losses, so – it's going to Munster has issues, man. I mean, Munster has real issues. They've, they've had a bunch of injuries. Yeah. That was a problem, I thought, with their lineouts. They couldn't get a lineout in. That was yeah. bad. That uh, was crazy. And they've had two more big injuries this past weekend. I mean, yeah. they're Munster's in trouble for the next month or so because of the injuries. Well, fortunately for them, you know, we have the scheduling quirk, right? So the URC only has one game, two South African teams. Another game the following week, two South African teams. The Lions playing in both of those matches, which ironically, they're getting thrown to the Lions. Moving forward, we've got the URC match, one of them to pick. We've got top 14 premiership, and we've got Japan Rugby League One, which we haven't covered yet, but we're going to start covering it again. Gift, let's start with the URC. You've got the Sharks. At home, minus 11 and a half versus the Lions. I think this 11 and a half is a little bit much. I think the Lions will get the spread. Sharks will get the win. We have to take a quick break, so I'm going to stop you there for a second. We'll be right back. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we are back. John. 
I like. I, I think it's right. I think uh, King and Bailey's right. The Sharks are those guys are loaded. I mean, absolutely loaded, and they have not played their whole team together. They've not. You know, it took them a while because most of the players that were Springboks that were celebrating the World Cup and doing all this pr- promotions and stuff they have to do, which they should have been doing. You're playing at altitude also when you're going in to play the Sharks. They are different at home. And I think the Sharks end up winning this game, and I think they ended up winning it very easy. They they are a team that you do not want to reach the full his full potential if you're the rest of the URC because these guys are freaking loaded. But is it too late, field, John? No, no, absolutely not. Their home field is a real home field. Team that gets on a roll late are teams that are real dangerous, and they they can still get on that roll. They certainly have the talent. Yeah, there is still a lot of rugby to be played. Okay, next up we have the Premiership where only six points separate the top six teams, and that can all be reversed this weekend. Gift. Man, look at the battle of number one and two, Exeter and Northampton. Look for Northampton to really try and make up for what they lost last year in the playoffs. They're really trying to get back to the finals. Look for Northampton to keep their number one spot uh, with the points and the win. Northampton continuing to be underestimated, but not by Gift A. Bailu. Uh, I'm going with Bath. It doesn't get any easier for the Cherry and Whites of Gloucester they're coming off a uh, because Bath is coming off a loss. Northampton's the favorite. Why are you think they're they're underestimated? They're the favorite. So what you said makes no sense whatsoever. I think they've played uh, over expectations to be where they are. So no, you can go <laughs> yourself in 2024 <laughs> for the first time. Okay. And I'm going with Bath. Don't ever interrupt my winning pick ever again. <laughs> Okay, Bath, <laughs> minus nine and a half versus Gloucester. John, give me Quinn's at home. I don't think uh, Newcastle has much of a chance as long as uh, Quinn's plays most of their starting players. So give me Quinn's at home. Let's take a break and welcome in George Hook after these words. cleats you need them tomorrow if you order today by 3 p.m new york time or noon la time they can have them to you tomorrow young old male female if you're playing on turf if you're playing on grass if you're playing in the rain you're playing in the heat they've got you covered rugbynow.com go there now and we are back and we're back with George Hook. George, All welcome right, back. Yeah, Happy New Year. George Hook, yes. <laughs> Our new year has started off with George Hook. It's going to be the best year ever. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> George, where are you? How are you? I have the flu and I'm in London uh, with my youngest daughter. All the Hooks have assembled. All 17 of us have assembled in leafy Surrey for the Ooh. new year. Sorry, it's very nice. It's very, uh, it's very uh, Greenwich, Connecticut-ish. There is nothing nice in London in January. Would you stop, Matt? It's like you're like Magellan, the world freaking traveler, mapping the world. Actually, John, my brother Danny lived in Surrey for two years. Oh, stop and it! And so you know that there's nothing good in London in January. Any chance of a question here? For God's sakes, guys, he's up and he's volunteering here while he's sick. John, do you have anything you want to ask George? Yeah, I do have a question because, George, I was watching Munster, who is normally methodical. They never make mistakes, and they could not get a line out this week. They, simply, they could not. Was that uh, Connacht, their defense, 
or is that a problem that Munster has perhaps with so many players being out, with so many players being injured? What was the issue with Munster? Because that's something that a team that is great as Munster, you would think would not have issues with. People have lost lineups for two reasons. The call system is now so complicated. You have the lifters moving. You have the guys being lifted, moving, and then you're expecting the hooker to hit a spot. I saw Leinster against Ulster this week with one of the best hookers in the in the world, uh, Sheehan, and he missed his man three or four times. So it, the lineout is now very complicated. In their efforts to make it simpler, it made it more complex. In their efforts to make the scrum simpler, it made it more complicated. Uh, and I despair. And I'm happy that I'm heading towards the great rugby pitch in the sky where the top goal is worth four points. Gift. Hey, George, I, I hope you had a great New Year. This week, we this last two weeks, we've seen a lot of play uh, between URC, Europe, Six Nations coming up now. Um, but for Ireland, for you, where's the priority? Where's the urgency? Where's the significance? Where's the one that the, the, the people actually will take the most to heart? when it comes to an actual championship? Ooh. Yeah, that question sounds negative, but in fact, it points to a very positive point about the Irish system. When, when you go on St. Patrick's Day to watch the school's cup final, the Leinster school's cup final, and there's 30,000 people in Lansdowne Road for the school's game, we are producing tremendously talented schoolboys. We then have a really good academy system. So you have the school leads to the province, the province leads to the national team, ergo. Hey, George, question to follow up on that. When you look at derbies that are being played in the URC, which I thought was a terrific idea, I understand it's for less travel, but you had some great robberies being played. But you really understand how good countries are as far as the rugby. What is South Africa doing to catch up so quickly and become this group of players? And you look at their teams, they're just better athletes. Is it the developmental system like you're talking about? What is going on in South Africa that they can match Ireland like this and they become the preeminent uh, country in the world in rugby? If you look at South Africa, over the history of the game, for the majority of the time, they have been the best nation on earth. And they have been an all-white team, invariably almost all Afrikaner-speaking and black guys couldn't even get into the ground. In fact, when the Lions went to South Africa, the black guys who were in the cheap seats were cheering for the Lions because they had no allegiance to South Africa. Then we saw an astonishing moment of Mandela's long walk to freedom. Suddenly Mandela, and he was brilliant in wearing the South African jersey, in presenting the trophy to Pinar. But remember, when they won that World Cup, there was only one black guy in the squad, Chester Williams, and he didn't play. So they have come from that position to where they are today. How they have integrated the black community 
who just 30 years ago, by and large, didn't kick a rugby ball. Soccer was the game of the townships. Is the, I think the most extraordinary thing that has happened, not just in rugby, but in world sport. I can think of no other example of where a major interracial and cultural uh, change has taken place with success. It is incredible. Okay. You know what also is incredible? The way this show organically segues off of the topic, but we learn so much and it's interesting. But what the answer the goddamn question? What's the priority for you as a fan specifically? You know, Do you hey, want wait to wait? Hey, no, wait John, a minute. Wait a minute. Wait I'm a minute. You just hear a brilliant soliloquy about Mandiba. President Mandela, 27 years. Most of them spent in Robbins Island. I've been to a cell that, and this man comes back and unifies the entire country. You have this racial integration and this great- I saw the movie. movie. And all you want to go back to is, could you answer my question that I wrote down? No. <laughs> is it a, okay, that's all great, John. It's all what great. Question? What question do I ask? What's your priority no, no, no. as a fan? It's as basic as this. What's your priority as an Irish fan, specifically a Munster fan? Do you want to win the URC? Do you want to win the Six Nations? Or do you want to win the Europeans Champions Cup, the Investec Champions Cup? Or, which or do, do you, you want, want to punch Matt McCarthy? Which one do you want to prioritize your players for? That is not the best question on tonight's program. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. It's just a question I want to hear the answer to. But the national team is first and foremost. So, of course, we want the national team to win. Okay. We watch Leinster, Munster, Connacht, Ulster. We're saying, how's Bundyaki doing in the centre for, for Connacht? And how's Dan Sheehan doing for Leinster? Because our ultimate thing is to see, will the national team do well? All right, George, before we let you go, I want to read to you something from the autobiography of Irish referee Owen Doyle. Notification arrived of my first senior club match, St. Mary's RFC versus Trinity College at Fortfield Road in Turnure. The former were determined to make things very difficult for the students. The match was physical and quickly bordered on getting out of control. The kickoff was quickly followed by a mass brawl and skirmishes continued to break out during the first half. One fight calmed here, another starting there with as much blood flowing as there was sweat. I was at my wit's end and realized that I'd have to send someone off. Before that happened, I caught the eye of a tall, rangy Mary's player. And I said, any chance you could give me a hand here? This is not going to end well. He didn't reply, but despite his look of incredulity, he did have a quick word with his teammates. It was like someone had flicked a light switch. The trouble subsided straight away. This was my first encounter with broadcaster, writer, and rugby pundit, George Hook. After the match, I thanked him, and he growled back that it was the first time that a referee had ever asked him to do anything other than go back 10 meters. <laughs> All right, George Hook! Yeah! <laughs> Great guy, one of the great referees, now one of the great analysts of refereeing in the world game. Uh, but that was Doyle's first senior game. And on, in, in the crowd were like three of the, the sort of guys who decide his career. 
So by halftime, he was looking at his career disappearing in the toilet if he didn't sort out the row. I'd never met him. I mean, there was no relationship between him and me. With that description, I wouldn't want to be playing against you. <laughs> right, on that note, George, we, we hope you get better over that flu and get back to Ireland and then following your Munster team. Thanks. God bless. Take care. All right, George. Be easy, George. Happy New Year, George. Happy New Year. We'll be right back. From New York City comes America's longest running and most popular rugby show. The biggest names in Major League Rugby, MLR highlights, and big match previews. Rugby Wrap-Up presents MLR Weekly, made in New York City. We're back. Great to have George coming in, even under the weather from London. Despite you ruining a perfectly great soliloquy, a deep, almost Oscar-worthy moment talked about Madiba for, hey, how do fans feel about Ireland playing in different competitions? That wasn't Choose the question. One. That wasn't the question. The worst. <laughs> the fact that it was ever. A soliloquy <laughs> about the great Madiba uniting the world. And oh, Matt says, back to me. It was your f- question gift that you asked him and he didn't answer it so i didn't have a problem with the answer in the top 14 we've got a topsy-turvy wacky crazy world of up and down roller coaster ride and we're trying to stay on it but oh gosh is it uh, annoying john speaking of annoying who do you like in the top 14 are, is that like the voice you're imitating a douchebag? Because you're doing a great job. What What is the, you're like going to like these little stupid voices, like whiny voices. Stade Francais against Claremont. Claremont is just not very good this year. Stade Francais is much better, especially at home. Take Stade Francais minus six and a half. And it's douchebag in, in the top 14. Gift? Rossing 92, again, another team that's very stacked. But most importantly, out of all of it, they're at home. And even though they're minus 12 and a half, on the, they're at home. They're, they're going to win. Like it's it's they're going to win top fourteen they're going to win continue it go from there Toulouse minus eighteen and a half versus Lyon Toulouse is five and zero oh at home Lyon is zero oh and six on the road you do the math but historically speaking eighteen and a half is too many points between these two teams I like Toulouse to win but I like Lyon with the eighteen and a half. Japan's Rugby League One. That's right. We're back covering them. John, who do you like? Kanetsu Liners are the Matt McCarthy of rugby. They lose. They just lose, and everybody doesn't hate them. And so pick against them. I'm picking against them all last year. I pick against Matt. Pick against the Kanetsu Liners again this year and this week. Gift. Yo, Wild Knights going up against the Verblitz. Wild Knights know what they do best. They win the regular season. They win the playoff. They win the semifinals and then drop it when it matters most in the finals. So look for them to do the same thing all over again with the Verblitz actually still keeping it not close. I actually think the Wild Knights are going to actually blow out the Verblitz and keep it to that negative minus 16 and a half on the mm. points. So look for them to get the win and the points on this one. I'm going to go with the Spears getting nine and a half from the Brave Lupus. Who's your pick of the week, John? Saracens. Saracens playing Leicester. Uh, but all depends on who's playing. Saracens, after they rest, Atoji and Farrell 
are a complete different team. When those guys come back, it's like a pair of old, comfortable slippers. Those guys just play well, and they're the best team in the premiership when those guys are playing and playing well. If they're playing, check the rosters. I'm going Saracens as pick of the week. If the old gang is together with Saracens, they're potentially unstoppable. Gift? In commemoration of Eddie Jones taking back over his coaching position for Japan, I'm looking at Sun Goliath versus Kobe Steele. Look for Kobe Steele to keep it close within the 12 and a half points. I'm going to go back to the URC, and I think the Sharks are the pick of the week at home versus the Lions. On that note, we're out of time. I want to thank WWE Hall of Famer, turned rugby advocate John Bradshaw Layfield, King Gifte Bailu, the inventor of words, George Hook, the Irish legend, and you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including MLR Weekly, the college rugby wrap-up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Join our weekly newsletter. Tell some friends about us. And please sign up for our American Red Cross Blood donor team. <laughs>